You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And I feel like most episodes, I start off by saying, man, we have been on a journey or thanking everybody for being on a journey. But on today's episode, you're going to actually talk about, we're going to actually talk about what it means to actually create a journey uh, on the blockchain, what it's been uh, as a journey uh, in NFTs and in this space. Um, And also kind of a, a fun kind of little kickback because today's guest actually was on the podcast back in April, and uh, I'm going to kind of set the stage for everybody and and then bring in uh, our guest today. But you know, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, why we did the buy an NFT every single day uh, for a year. We have 365 NFTs that we bought, uh, you know, November 11th, 2021 uh, to November 11th, 2022, and and people were often were, were saying, well, Brian, what are you going to do when that's all over? Like, what do you, you know? Uh, and I wish it, it was like a you know a uh, a beach in Bali, or I wish it would have been something like that. But, you know, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried uh, or Sam Bankman-Fraud, uh, FTX decided to do the FTX craziness the same week that we were kind of bringing that to a, a close. But, you know, interestingly enough, you know, here we're, we're here with season two of the podcast. We've added new co-hosts, um, some new formats to the show. Uh, we're doing it three days a week, not seven days a week now. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I've shared is that I really wanted to look at my and my bag I wanted to look at the things that I um, cared about and the things I focused on uh, as far as in the NFT space, right? I, I kind of got a little bit overwhelmed um, trying to keep up with everything uh, over that year of the daily podcast of also buying an NFT every day. And the project that I have spent uh, the most time in, uh, the project that I have spent the most time, not only in the Discord, but um, in the, the spaces that they run Monday through Friday, um, as well as spend the most time kind of understanding uh, the ecosystem and kind of uh, going all in, uh, is a project known as Ape Liquid. And so Ape Liquid uh, was founded by Alif and some others, and we'll get into that in a moment. But just to, you know, for those that are listening, it to me, it has everything that anyone would want to have in an NFT project, but it also has its own complexities, and it's been a, a fun journey to be a part of. And so um, I'm excited for today's guest, Alif, which, Alif, I listened back to that first, uh, you know, interview I did with you way back on April 12th, and I called you Elfie uh, the entire time. I don't know if you remember that being like the, uh, I didn't know it was uh, Alif or A1. Uh, so I felt like I just had to say, okay, uh, Elfie, uh, how's it going? And glad that uh, you have you back on the, on the podcast again. Uh, but it's been a, it's been a hell of a journey. I, I'm, I'm thankful to call you a a friend in this space, someone that I am you know, thankful to connect with. And we're going to talk a lot about what's happened uh, between uh, April 12th and now. But uh, before we get that started, how's everything going? Everything's going great. Uh, you, you know, you're not wrong. The space has changed. It's changed actually quite a bit. We're seeing a lot of different uh, things come out of the space. You know, we're seeing a lot of those projects that, you know, the, the projects that were at one time extremely hyped, you know, and we're seeing them kind of fall off the cliff, right? 
And then we're seeing some other projects be slow burns. I mean, it's been kind of a, you know, for me, it's been super rewarding to watch the space grow and mature. It reminds me of the early dot-com days. It reminds me of the ICO, the initial coin offering days. It reminds me of early days of crypto. I think we're super, 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 super early. Did I say super enough? Because that's how early we are. And I feel like we're right on that, like that teetering edge of this space kind of figuring out what it wants to be. And so how's it going? Well, I, you know, I'm like, you know, (laughs) waist deep wading through the waters of, uh, web three trying, trying to figure out if we're too early or the space is early or what we're doing, you know, next. And, you know, we've, we just have so much to talk about. God, we've, we've done so much over the last nine months. It's hard to even, I I said, I took notes before the show and thought, how do I even summarize what the hell we've done and what what we're doing and where we're going and all that? You know, you talked about complexity and these things. Um, I look at us as very simple, but you know, I also think that like the iPhone is simple right? It's really simple, but then you dig under the hood and you're like, holy cow, look at all that technology. So I love that. I, not that I'm comparing us to the well, iPhone, hey, but hey, metaphorically. Hey, wherever we need to take it. Um, I also love that you start off with the, you know, super, super there because you know, the, the title of the last episode that you were on uh, way back in April, uh, you know, and it, it was actually, you know, for those that are, you know, curious from a, you know, it's, it's not only has it been a, a fun journey uh, to kind of go on, you know, this entire uh, entire time, but also just kind of thinking back uh, about a lot of the, you know, the the space that we've been in, how things have changed. And the title of that episode, after we did that, was about super communities. And uh, I'm glad you brought up that, hey, you know, you're, you were taking some notes because, you know, I will say, you know, um, it was episode 152. And if my math is correct, um, this will be episode uh, 396 uh, or 395, one of the two uh, uh, of the podcast. Um, and, you know, not only has the space change, but I, I actually took a bunch of notes. And it's interesting because, you know, uh, for a guest, I probably know uh, the most about you and the most about uh, your project compared to pretty much any of the other guests I've had on the show. Yet I might have done the most research and the most, uh, you know, kind of just kind of notes um, that I wanted to kind of share, talk about on this episode, um, mainly because I, I think for a lot of people, this space can not only be overwhelming and complex. But for you know a lot of the last year, a lot of us were trying to find our home, right? Trying to find our people. And I have to say, a couple of the things that you mentioned last uh, you know episode, and and I'm going to set the stage for everybody, right? Like you talked a little bit about your background, right? And you have a background not only in technology but in AI, in the financial side of the house. Um, you have a, a background of working with um, you know developers, understanding a lot of those kind of nuances that were there. But one of the things you said. Um, you know, on that episode way back in April. And, and just for context, for those that aren't aware, um, that episode went out April 12th. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Elif, but I believe April 13th, uh, or was I around, you know, I, well, I think 420 was when I think everything uh, officially went out. So it was just like a, within a week, the, um, the liquid legends were dropped, right? Is that correct? Is, if, if, if that same week as the, as the podcast? Yeah, so we dropped... Yeah, so 420 was the launch of Metal. 421 was the launch of the Liquid Forge, which is a way that you can earn the Metal token. And yeah, right before, uh, two weeks prior to that, we launched a collection called Liquid Legends, which was a 1980s throwback comic book style um, 
you know, collection, an NFT PFP or profile picture collection uh, created by the talented award-winning Doug Tenable, who was the creator of Earthworm Jim, which for those of you listening, I understand you have no idea who that is, but uh, for, for people who are older um, and, and lived a little bit in Web 2 and then Web 1, uh, Earthworm Jim was a very popular in the mid-90s or early 90s video game where it was actually kind of bizarre. It was like sprite animation and you had this earthworm and he could run around and shoot a gun and it was just completely it was very successful very popular but it was also very weird like it was just a weird fucking game like it was one of those games where you're like how did this even get made and so that person who you know conceived that drew it the creator of that was the artist for our first nft collection which by the way uh had you caught me fanzo uh you know 30 days prior to that show episode 156 or whatever it was uh, and asked me if i was going to do a pfp collection i probably would have said uh, i can't imagine doing that that seems like insane sauce and so and and yet we did it so that's basically if you want to summarize ape liquid ape liquid has been uh, almost a year of there's no fucking way we're going to do that and then all right you know we're probably going to do that. Well, well and it's funny it's funny <laughs> you say that because you know on that episode um, you talked a lot about like the super community and, um, you know, you talked about, you know, okay, Hey, we have, you know, the liquid, uh, we have the liquid legends coming up. We're working, you know, we have a staking mechanism. We will have a, a coin coming out. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, when I listen back to other episodes, uh, and this isn't fighting, uh, other projects or founders, you know, a lot of those projects and founders that said that not only, you know, did it take months, months, you know, maybe, uh, some of that those features we're still waiting for. But the fact that like all of that got delivered within weeks of that podcast episode, it, it had me uh, kind of nodding my head. The other thing that really dawned on me listening to back to episode 152 was you gave some shout outs to people that were, you know, kind of recently on your team and as your team was growing. And you gave a shout out to on the show to Crystal King, CK, uh, to Itzo, to DVL, uh, to Aleph Queen, uh, you know, and, and, you know, also have to give you a, you know, kudos to, you know, you, you added another one to the, the dad column since that episode, as I know you have a, a new little uh, mouth to feed and diaper to change uh, since that podcast. But it, it kind of hit me when, when I think about projects and, you know, how, we, how do we evaluate projects after a year or after a certain amount of time? I think one of the things that is really telling is that you not only have, you know, kept a lot of those amazing humans, you know, all the ones I just mentioned on your team, but you've also been growing the team, adding, you know, more mods and such. And so I think I wanted to start it off by saying like, you know, you have a lot of things going on with the the project and, and you're doing a lot of things on chain, but you've done a pretty damn amazing job of keeping your team together, your core team uh, of believers together. Um, how much are you paying them under the table? What is your secret sauce to keeping uh, this team of yours uh, together and thriving because you gave them a lot of love then. I know you give them a lot of love uh, in the Twitter spaces Monday through Friday, and I think it's a great place for us to start. Well, so the, I'll, I'll start with uh, DVL, who is not officially on the team anymore, but we, you know we like to think of as an Ape Liquid fellow. Um, DVL went off to do something else uh, with absolute blessing, support, kindness, love, admiration all of the things that you would expect. And he reciprocates as well. And so while DVL is not officially, uh, he doesn't continue to be on the team. He is also today as he was then huge advocate for what we're doing. And we get along famously. 
Um, I have nothing but love in my heart for DBL. I can say nothing but kind things about him, and I imagine it would be the same. He uh, he's just a, a genuinely you know good human. So we're glad we're glad to continue to be in this sphere, even though he's not what uh, you know what we would call operationally involved in the project anymore uh, to do a Web two throwback. Um, everyone else, you know, it's interesting. I listen to so you know I do this show every once in a while called the Board Ape Show uh, with Ghost Trapper. And I listened a little bit to Ghost Trapper. And one of the things Ghost Trapper preaches is, you know, paying the team. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit about that. I'll make it brief because I know I can get a little bit long-winded when I get worked up about stuff. But um, one of the interesting things that we try to do, so, you know, you could, and we've seen this with projects. So a lot of projects I mentioned at that point in time are either uh, completely gone or rugged or, just an absolute unmitigated fucking disaster and nobody's there and their floor fell, you know, like a stone from the air. Right. Um, and, but interestingly, a lot of those projects were paying their team. Right. And so we have a little bit of a different philosophy here at ape liquid, which is we don't pay the team per se, right. We don't directly say, okay, Fanzo, you're working on the team. I'm going to pay you, you know, X amount of ETH per week or X amount of ETH per month. We tried that and it fails. And part of the reason it fails is because when you hire people in Web3, like a Web2 job, then you start treating it like a job, which is basically like they say, fuck my boss. I hate this project. I hate this job. I want to quit. You know, you really are setting yourself up for failure. Uh, so what we do instead, which I think is a better solution, just like we don't have a roadmap, and I can talk about that. What we do instead is we look at, let's, instead of making a few people really successful, Let's make everyone in the project successful. Let's spread the wealth across everyone, including the community. And so the way that we do this, the way that we make apes liquid, right? That's our name, is we make sure the team is rewarded in NFTs. We make sure the team is rewarded in assets that they can, like everyone else, like we say, eat, you know, we eat our own dog food. We make sure that every single person on the team and every single person in the community has an opportunity to participate in the enormous upside of what we've built. And so one of the ways we really, you know, engender, you know, respect, admiration, love, kindness, all of the things that we do is we sit at the table with every single person on the team. We sit at, you know, we, we don't really rule by fiat, right? I like to joke that I'm a benevolent dictator, but behind closed doors, I ask a lot of questions. You know, we have a, we have a private channel called cartel, which is if you own a cartel membership, you basically are the first place where I say, Hey, is this a bad idea or a good idea? Um, after I, I do that with the team. And so not only do we bring everyone to the table, get everyone to participate, have everyone's voice heard, you know, like you said, give them shout outs, show them the respect that they deserve and, you know, that, that they've earned, right? Uh, but we also spread out everything. And so every single move we make at Ape Liquid is, okay, we just took in $10,000 on this mint in USD. What do we do with that $10,000? And we ask our team, you know, do we spread that across the team? Does everybody get money? Do we... Um, you know, mint NFTs to people and then maybe like go buy some marketing and advertising? Do we use that money to build the next piece of, you know, the, the ecosystem that we're building? And I have to say, Fanzo, every single time we ask that question, the resounding response from everyone in our community, from Jess to Willers to CK to Itso to A of Queen to everyone, Hero, I mean, I'm missing a bunch of people. We have a big team. And my apologies. Um, you know, the resounding response from everyone is, you know, I'm in this for the long haul, right? Like I've been with you for seven, eight, nine months. I'm not looking for a quick buck. I'm not looking for a quick flip. I'm looking for 
you know, the token to go to 10 or 100. I'm looking for the project to moon. I'm looking for us to expand and grow our ecosystem so that I am building wealth over time. I'm long-term greedy, as they say. And um, so that's how we approach it. And so if you ask, like, what are we doing? There's not really any secret sauce here, right? We just treat everyone with respect, give everyone a seat at the table, listen to all feedback. You know, I had a I had a situation even this morning where one of the team members, um, Bill Lyon, in fact, disagreed with me. I said, here, I think things should be this way. And Bill said, I think they should be that way. And what I did is I did a little poll in our private channel and said, what does everyone else think? And it turns out that everyone disagreed with me, right? And so we're going to make the decision to move forward based on the votes that we took internally rather than just the you know rule by fiat, you know, iron fist way that I think a lot of projects are run. So I think that's how you do it. You just treat people with respect and, you know, you realize that you're one person and, you know, even though I'm like the, you know, the lead singer of the band, right. I'm the, I'm the person that's in front and like, you know, probably could get the, the credit like you see in a lot of other projects. I really realize deeply and profoundly that I am nothing without the team and the community. And so I think that shows and that's, and I think that's why people stick around. That's one of the reasons. The other reason is, you know, we've grown like crazy. That's for sure. <laughs> since we started. That's for sure. You know. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, and I want to tap into that real quick. Cause I think, you know, and definitely a shout out to Bill Lyon, uh, one of my favorite community members, also uh, an example of a community member, you know, stepping up and, and running their own spaces, uh, really adding their own, you know, energy and vibe and, and taking on a role of a, of an owner. And, you know, uh, I will say like, when I listened to, you know, back to that episode I had with you the first time, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, how, you know, the difference between FUD and active, uh, constructive criticism or asking questions as owners. Uh, and I really wish more people would, would have listened to that damn episode because, you know, we, we do have a sense as NFT owners to be extremely impatient. Um, but then we also, um, you know, we have that, you know, a lot of people struggle with the difference between, you know, challenging or having your voice heard versus like fudding and, and, and that side of it. And so I love that we tapped into that back then. And I love that you referenced that uh, this morning, you know, within, uh, within your team. But for those that are listening, you know, like just, to, you know, usually I start back at the beginning and work forward. But right now, I just wanted to kind of set the, the bar for where you're at right now. And the the for those that are you know aren't in the ape uh, liquid ecosystem, there is a role playing game, an RPG game that is on chain that is currently active that people are participating in, uh, including uh, myself. There is active staking, which is the forge, which we'll talk about. There is a token as well, and then there is also dynamic AI arts where what is creating um, as you're going on your journey um, within uh, the project, and so. For those that you know are like wondering, like, oh, what is this about, and how does this work? And there's a lot of different parts. The first thing I want to put out there on what I look at Ape Liquid is that you know one of my predictions, you know, in December, you know, I'm a futurist, quote unquote futurist, um, and I was interviewed on a couple of shows, and they were asking, you know, what were my predictions for for this year? And I said, well, we need to move utility to a choose your own adventure style of utility. And what I meant was that that not everybody wants to play a game on the blockchain. Not everybody wants just passive return. Let's face it, a lot of people are in it uh, for short-term reasons, for whatever that may be. Um, but then there's a lot of people that are in it for um, community. Maybe it's to you know, play the, the nightly poker games um, with those that are in there. 
Um, others, you know, like it for the art. And there's so many different variables. And I just have to say, like, Ape Liquid, in my opinion, is one of the few, very few projects that has a little bit of everything for everyone. And so, Alif, you know, when when I look, listen to that episode, and you were talking about like the things that you wanted to do, and and some of the things that you were thinking about. I mean, I, I just have to ask, you know, did you think this many months later, right? We're not even a full year later, that all of these things would be activated, and not only activated, but you didn't take any shortcuts. You put everything on the blockchain, um, making it very transparent, making it very Web three, but also making it a, a hell of a lot more work for you, for yourself and the team. So tell me, did you like what was your like? You know, I know like the you know the the market can be all over the place, but if you were when you were launching the PFP project, I know the game was uh, an idea, the token and the the forge was launched, you know, around 420 uh, last year. But could you have kind of foreseen like all of these things kind of playing out where they're at now, and and how do you kind of look at all of this craziness that has kind of uh, come to life since? Well, the first thing, and, you know, we talk about, you know, I don't want to go negative or do a bunch of FUD or anything like that, but I do like to be realistic and pragmatic, right? I like to fail hard, <laughs> apparently, and then learn from those failures in a way that I don't make those same mistakes again. And so one of the things when I spoke to you last, you know, young me was a dumb me, right? I had this sort of fantastical, you know, idea that web three was different than web two and web three was, you know, it was going to be this crazy kumbaya. We're all going to hold hands and get along. And, you know, so my thinking back then was, yeah, we're going to, you know, we don't, there's not this 1980s comic book nostalgia collection, you know, like a, an, you know, an homage to Bill Sankovich and Frank Miller and, and John Byrne and all these, you know, comic book artists that I just fucking adore. Right. That, 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 that collection didn't exist. And so I wanted to create it and I thought, okay, I'll do that because you know, that's the thing that doesn't exist and everything else rather than build it, we'll just partner, right? We'll partner with, you know, different, pro I'm not going to say their names. We'll partner with different projects, uh, who have a staking platform, who have, uh, you know, a metaverse, who have a role-playing game, who are really looking at trying to build something that, you know, that we want to be part of. Right. And so we thought, We'll just partner with all these different projects and we'll all come together and this, you know, the sum will be greater than the parts and it'll be fantastic. And, you know, we'll all ride off into the sunset holding hands and drinking champagne and everything will be wonderful. Right. And that's not the reality, right? The reality is that most of the people who are building projects were, um, I'm trying to figure out how to put this delicately Fanzo because it, it's just a fact, right? It's an immutable fact. And it is, most of them are, we're just full of crap, right? They said they were going to do this thing, but they didn't have the money I, to do it. They I said they were going to do this thing, you. but they didn't have the ability. I have a turn to for it. you because I was listening to your episode, and you 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 kept referring to the business side. I, I would just call you know I think one of the terms that a lot of those people, those founders, a lot of founders were 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 biz, business ignorant when it came to what it meant to building on Web three. Is that how, what do you think about that from a biz, business ignorant? Oh, that's pretty interesting. I think it's right too because it doesn't imply that they're bad people. It just implies they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And, you know, we don't know what the hell we're doing either. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. I mean, this, this, this market is, it doesn't, ex it didn't exist. It doesn't exist. We're building it together. It's just a thing, right? That that's like manifesting out of nowhere, right? You're literally creating something that does not exist. And so whenever you create something that doesn't exist, that's hard. It, the, the creation process is hard. The universe doesn't want you to create something. It actually fights like hell against it. 
But then once you create it, the universe is like, oh, welcome to the universe. We love you. Please, please join us. <laughs> but in the meantime, before you do that, the universe is like beating you down like the Hulk telling you to stop. Um, and so that's hard to get through. And if you've never done that before, if you've never gone through that trial by fire, if you've never gone through that gauntlet, if you will, you know, if you've never heard the phrase, you know, wizard is about to die, then you're probably not prepared for the amount of work. And so business ignorant is a really interesting phrase. I would say, um, you know, you could, you could extend that to community ignorant, market ignorant, blockchain ignorant. You know, it's just in general, you could probably just say ignorant and ignorant doesn't imply stupid and it doesn't imply wrong and it doesn't imply, you know, all these things. It just implies you don't know what, you don't know what you're doing. So you have grand ideas, right? But those grand ideas don't always manifest into reality. And so what we've learned over the last nine months or so since we last spoke, what we've learned is that um, you can't judge a book by its cover, which we already knew, but you can't really trust that if somebody says they're going to build something, they're going to build it. And so in many cases, we attempted right to partner with someone or we attempted to reach out and say, hey, you build this. We'll build our thing. We'll all work together. Like I said, it'll be great. Uh, but then there was no delivery on their side. And so it's like, what, what, what is the, I'm like reluctantly the leader of a project that does all of these things. You know, it's, it's not like I signed up and said, you know, I'm going to build all this stuff. It's like a reluctant, uh, you know, position that I'm in now. Am I happy? I'm here. Absolutely. Do I love the community more than anything? Do I, you know, believe that we have delivered on all of the ideas and all of the plan that we had. Not yet, but we're sure working hard to do it, you know, and, and th I think that that is something that I just didn't expect, right? I didn't expect that people would say they were going to do something, but then they would be like an absentee landlord for their project, Right. Or they would say, um, you know, I can talk about like kindergarten baby apes because there's no, there's no like, there's nothing around and, that. And project, we both, right? there's, and we both were it's, holders of those, it's, so we, we can gladly. Talk right. About so there's that. no, it's not, it's not like emotionally charged, right? Like I'm just stating a fact, right? If the fact is, kindergarten baby apes said they were going to go build schools and do those things. Now they didn't do it. Now they may not have done it for a variety of reasons, none of which I care about. All I care about is they said they were going to do it. This charity thing, they didn't do it, right? They had this roadmap that they were going to deliver and blah, blah, blah. And so what happened was, you know, people got jaded. They said, well, you know, we're not, you know, we're not going to participate in that. You said you were going to do something. You didn't do it. And they're just, I have so many examples of that. And I think that if you think about, if you go back to that episode and listen to like literally half of the projects that I said out loud, right, which I'm not going to say their names now, but half the projects I said out loud, they just didn't deliver, right? And so it got me thinking about, what does it actually mean to be a project in web three? What do you, what are your, what are your actual responsibilities? Right. And the, you know, first responsibility, the core tenant is you have to serve your community because your community is the reason you exist. And I think people, when they get a little ETH, they tend to forget that. And so that's the one thing I've never forgotten. I've never forgotten that the community, you know, I've been saying, and you've been saying this as well, but I, I created a little hashtag or we created a little hashtag, however it worked out. So we said time to ditch web three and move to web we, right? And that's the core fundamental tenant of Ape Liquid is it's, it's a we, not a me, 
right? So everything is all about how do I best serve the community? How do I best deliver? You know, based on my, uh, you know, rather weird and eccentric, probably nerdy desire to build a blockchain, you know, <laughs> rewards-based, turn-based game. Uh, but in and around that, you know, putting my own ego aside, you know, after I get past building the game, <laughs> uh, it's all about community. And so that's what I've singularly laser fixated on is how do I focus on building the community and rewarding the community for just being a participant in the ecosystem. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I love every aspect of that. I know for our listeners of the podcast, you know, as soon as they hear the web, we, they're like, no wonder fans are in with that, right? The, the pod tra- podcast was launched, uh, you know, with that simple mantra, we is greater than me. And it's been my, you know, it, I, I started talking about that on stages, funny enough, uh, in 2014. Uh, and actually in, in relation to artificial intelligence, which is also just a weird connection that you and I have, uh, because I've always looked at like the collective, uh, you know, group and what we can do together, right? And I and I love that you kind of, uh, you know, brought up some of the mistakes, right? Because, you know, one of the things you said um, in like very first part of that episode last time was, you know, your initial thought, you know, before the first raffle, which turned into a second raffle, uh, which then turned into kind of a free mint, which then turned into um, a lot of the other things that have, you know, a lot of people have benefited from was that you wanted to come together and make mistakes together. And so I love that that is like, was kind of like, hey, one of those things, like, hey, we want to make apes liquid, but we also realized that we're going to be making mistakes together. We're going to be kind of rolling. And like one of the mistakes was truthfully trusting that A, other projects would deliver with what they would deliver, but even more so trusting that other projects understood what it meant to be on a team and to collaborate, right? And I just want to say that for, you know, my, my career... Uh, when I worked for the U.S. government, when I, when I took that job in 2004, um, you know, and I worked a decade in cybersecurity for the government, you know, a lot of what my, my job was, was getting different branches of the military to share and collaborate on cybersecurity policies. And I always like to say, like, I had the hardest collaboration job ever because my job was to get the Navy to share policies with the Army. And for those that aren't familiar with that, the Army and the Navy don't get along, let alone want to share policies. But one of the things that I always kind of um, set forth was like, if we all have this collective shared goal and this mission and passion for what we want to accomplish, the collaboration will come natural. And I think the hardest part in, in Web3 is that there are a lot of people that say wag me. There are a lot of people that, that say they want mass adoption. There are a lot of people that are building saying that, that this is about community. But there aren't a lot of people that understand you know, the sacrifice, the the beliefs, the understanding. And, and I think that's part of the, the growing pains that we've all had. But the other part, I think a lot of people don't understand. And, and Elif, I'd love to hear your, you know, your take is that, you know, there are projects that are building games on the blockchain. There are projects that have staking mechanisms um, on the blockchain. There are projects that have tokens on the blockchain, although most of them, um, other than, you know, a handful um, that I'm very aware of, um, are not actual um, you know, true uh, ERC uh, tokens on the chain. Talk to me a little bit about, explain why you, I mean, and, and I, w- I will, I will kind of say this because I consider us friends, like you're definitely a, a nerd and I'm a fellow nerd as well, but you're even more of a nerd, I believe, for doing things on the blockchain. Like, hey, I'm going to put in the extra work to put this in the contract. We're going to, we're going to have our own randomizer, but we're not going to use the randomizer that everyone else is using. We're going to build our own and put it there. What is like, what is the motivation for you for continuing to do that? Because 
if people could take anything from this interview, even if they're not jumping to Ape Liquid, even if they're not seeing like the other pieces, I, I hope that they understand the vital importance, the, the benefits, and all, ultimately what you're setting up for long term by doing that. But what's your motivation for always kind of making sure that things are, are on the blockchain within almost every aspect of Ape Liquid? Well, it's a combination of different things. So the, the, the first thing is I am a, a blockchain maximalist, right? I'm a blockchain maxi. I'm an Ethereum maxi. I'm a Bitcoin maxi. I'm a Litecoin maxi. You know, and so it's important for me, you know, I think you, when, when you look at what people are doing, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, there's, sure, there's an NFT, and, and, but then the NFT is just like a pass to get into the game, or an NFT is just like a pass to get into the concert or a pass to get into this. You know, that's not really blockchain. That's not really Web3. That's just like taking Web2 and like jamming it into Web3 and just saying, instead of having an ID card, I have this, or instead of having, you know, a, a serial number, I have an NFT, right, which is, which is frankly, because of the hash, effectively just a serial number. And so being a maxi about these kind of things, it's really important. And, you know, I worked a long time, you know, for the last nine months, I've worked a lot uh, alongside a guy named Rio. And Rio is also, he shares the same sensibility that I do, which is that, you know, the blockchain was created for a very specific reason, which is to be a public ledger so that everything was totally visible, viewable, and immutable, right? So that everything could be tracked, traced, and, you know, understood, you know, at every step. And so what I see is I see a lot of games uh, I, where it's like basically just a game, like a browser game or another game, but it's not really a blockchain game. And so I started thinking about what is what is the blockchain really, right? And, and you know, it just, it makes sense to me when you take a huge step back and you just erase all the cryptographic signatures and all that other stuff, you know, the blockchain itself is literally just you taking a turn you saying, okay, I'm going to do this turn. I'm going to take this action and then I'm going to get this result. And the, and the, the result is cryptographically signed, verifiable, blah, blah, blah. And so it's, I started thinking about what does that feel like to me? Well, it feels like a game of magic, the gathering. It feels like dungeons and dragons. It feels like GURP cyberpunk. It feels like all of these role-playing games or all of these, you know, different turn-based strategy games, risk, if you will, where you move pieces, it all just kind of, you know, clicked to me that that the blockchain really, it's like it was built to be a turn-based event-driven system because that's what it is. And so when you start thinking about that and you think about that from a hyper nerd perspective, you start thinking, well, how can I, how can I take that and how can I, you know, adapt that or how can I adapt, you know, the things that I love into that? And so, you know, an NFT collection of, is, is an obvious example, right? Where you build an NFT collection, it's generative, you go mint it, you get the results of that mint, it gets dropped in your wallet, it's immutably yours unless you click a bad link <laughs> and agree to somebody stealing it. Um, but what else is it, right? What else could it do? And so we, you know, for, for a long time, we started building in and around that. And part of the way we build in and around that is we say, okay, we have, you know, in, in, in order for anything to work, you have to have a currency. Now, a currency doesn't mean dollars. A currency just means a method of exchange, right? And so the first method of exchange that we thought about is our token, liquid metal, right? It happens to be an ERC-20 token, but that's because I'm a blockchain maxi. So it's an ERC-20 token, right? It's on the Ethereum blockchain. We actually thought about doing our own token, like a Litecoin or something like that, but that doesn't work in MetaMask. 
And so I wanted everything to be in one central location. So you have this ERC-20 token. The ERC-20 token is functionally the currency of our ecosystem. What does that mean, right? On a, t- on a long timeline, what does that mean? And the answer is, it means that that token is a representation of how many uh, you know, different p- pieces you hold that you can do something with. And so we knew it was going to be a long haul. We knew it wasn't going to be just, okay, we're going to build this token. The token's going to moon. We're going to be the next, you know, you know, what a doge or whatever the hell, right? We, we knew it was a long haul, but we also knew because of the finite supply that we were building it for a purpose, right? And so if you think about every single thing that has come together and everything that is built, you know, it's a question of building pieces and then putting those pieces together, right? And I, I recognized very early on when we were doing the forge, right? So if you, the forge is our staking platform. So if you, if you, if you interact with the forge, that's a blockchain event. So you go, you take a key, you unlock the ability to stake NFTs. Now you can stake as many NFTs as you want by unlocking the forge with a key. Why do you do that? Why does that even matter? What the hell? Why not stake without it? And the answer is, because, and you know this, Fanzo, in your heart of hearts, you know that in order to be truly cryptographically secure, it has to be something you possess and something you know. And the thing you possess is the key, and the thing you know is your seed phrase, your wallet. And so you take those two pieces, you create a cryptographic signature between you and the staking platform by unlocking it. Because you know what you do next? You put your NFTs in a place where they earn, right? They earn rewards. In this case, they earn 1% of their floor in liquid metal. And, and there's some other things we do, but so how do I know for a fact, how do I immutably, absolutely cryptographically on a public ledger know that I'm the owner of those NFTs that I put in there? How do I know that some other ass clown can't come in and take them out? And the answer is because I have my wallet and I have that key that I use to unlock it. So now I have this bond that I've created that the only way I can lose that bond is if I give up my seed phrase, right? And those items inside the forge are mine. They're mine. I can put them in and take them out and no one else can touch them. And so that was a, that was just a driving force behind how we did the staking platform. And it's a driving force behind how we do every single thing we do. When you, you know, you said we have a turn-based game. We do, we have a turn-based game. Um, I've been saying a turn-based role-playing game, but really it's like an on-chain turn-based game with rewards, right? Because it's not as much a role-playing game, even though it is, it's not as much a role-playing game as it is a turn-based game that offers rewards and incentives for playing, but just happens to be in the blockchain ecosystem or the Web3 ecosystem. And so it's the same thing with that. You take your key, you unlock a journey, you send your NFT on a journey, your journey evolves, you get drops, you know, you get rewards, you encounter events, all of these things. And that's step one. But you can imagine, Fanzo, step two, which we're actually doing. I mean, it's funny. By the time this hits the podcast stream, we may actually have the, you know, the next piece of this delivered, right? Or ready to rock and roll, which is, you know, you need, if you're going to take a journey and you're going to take, and you're going to do a turn-based game, you need pieces, Right. Just like if you play Magic the Gathering or Dungeons and Dragons or whatever, you have a character, you have these different assets, you need pieces. And those pieces are key to unlock the journey. A character, in this case, a liquid legend, liquid invader, typical tiger, or an Azuki ape social club. 
You need something to activate the journey, in this case, an artifact. You need to encounter events on the journey. Otherwise, the journey is boring as hell. So we have dynamically generated, you know, random events. And, and then you're going to need things like, which we're dropping now, you're going to need things like armor. You're going to need things like a backpack or a loot chest, you know, or, or something to carry these things that you've acquired in. So we're, you know, we've built all of that. And, you know, journey packs just fin- finished minting out and journey packs are a way to securely hold the items that you acquired in the game. But then you're going to need armor and weapons and enhancements and different ways where you encounter something on this journey. You'll be able to equip those and you'll be able to, uh, you know, either win or lose against enemies or against events or against encounters based on how you're equipped, just like Magic the Gathering, just like Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, conceptually, obviously, it works differently. And so I didn't specifically probably answer your question exactly but i hope that i got you like in the ballpark of how we think about things well i mean as fellow nerds and fellow friends that like to go around rabbit holes i don't think i ever expect you to answer my correct uh my question just directly i i enjoy the the narrative uh and the way that the place that you took that and i will say for those that are are listening like you know when i and, and i've shared this you know with, with alif yourself and and the team and and in twitter spaces when i you know the idea of a kind of a role-playing game uh, and Dungeons and Dragons and you know some of the ones that are there, I'm familiar with those games, but that was not something that I played. It wasn't something I was even very familiar with. And I remember, you know, in in the circle of people that I know, there's a lot of people in our in our podcast Discord that are also Ape Liquid holders, and um, and and so many of them were super excited about the game. And I told them, I like the fact that the game gives people a reason to show back up in the discord. It gives people that want to be active um, and, and add different things at use a burn mechanism uh, to burn things that they were airdropped uh, can do that. But I, I, I even said, I was like, I'm not sure that I'll be participating in the game. Um, and this was, you know, let's just say this was uh, October, November of last year. I, I can, you know, uh, actively say, and this isn't me pumping a bag. It's just the, the truth is I've actually loved every pretty much every aspect of, of what the game allows because it, there's so much ability to do game theory. There's this idea of, of strategy, right? Even if you're not playing the game, the fact that certain NFTs in the collection are being burned to make things happen in the game, it makes the things that you're holding more valuable because, of course, the supply um, is going down. And so it really does reward the active and passive um, user, but it also um, also in, you know uh, integrates you know one of my favorite new addictions, which is the AI art component. And uh, definitely have to give a shout out to Ken Gape, uh, who is the artist uh, and founder of AI Apes. Uh, and the AI Apes actually happen to be um, in the Ape Liquid ecosystem, so you can actually forge uh, the AI Apes into uh, the the forge here uh, on Ape Liquid. So I love that collaboration. Uh, Ken is doing a monthly uh, AI space with me as a as a co-host. We did our first one uh, last week, and it was it was a heck of a lot of fun bringing her on and and getting her thoughts on AI. So I, that's kind of where I wanted to you know pivot this for a second. There, uh, Alif, is that you know AI? We you know we have Chat GPT. We have all these AI things um, that are getting pushed out there. But funny enough, I think AI might have been the thing you and I connected with originally way back in uh, in February of last year because we both had worked previously in the AI world uh, around data and apps and technology long before ChatGPT, long before MidJourney, 
um, and those spaces. But I really love the way that you are, you have taken AI art and integrated it within the game experience. I mean, I know, you know, we're recording this on a Twitter space and the amount of people that are, are posting their evolutions of their PFP. So they're, you know, after a, you know 30 days of being in the game, their PFP is evolving into a, a new AI version uh, of that profile photo. Talk to me a little bit about your originally thoughts on like integrating AI into the project, because now the journey pack art has AI now, you know, I mean, we have, you know, things upcoming with the, the dogs and armor and a lot of things that are integrated, but I, I don't believe a lot of projects have even thought or integrated the idea of dynamic AI within the PFP central. So talk to me a little bit about like, what was the origin of that? And then how have you kind of brought that to life? So the origin of it is, is two parts. So the first part was, you know, we, we hired this great artist and we paid them and, and all of that. And, and then they got really busy, right? Through no fault of their own. They're talented as hell. They're, they went to work on a, a major uh, television show for which they're the showrunner and the creator of the content. And we realized that um, even though they love us and we love them and they're totally happy to continue working with us and continue doing things, they got busy. And we were like, oh, no. So, you know, we realized that we weren't going to be able to constantly uh, use that artist for future projects, even though we originally, you know, we had this idea that they would, they would essentially create, you know, all of our generative art collections, right. Or at least be involved in all of our generative art collections. And so they just got busy and we thought, okay, well, you know, they, they had this opportunity and that's totally great. And like I say, everything's still cool and we're, we're all friends. They just, they're busy. And so I started thinking, oh, okay, well, how, how, what does it mean to you know, generative art is a funny term. So what does that actually mean? And how can we, you know, everything we do is all about automation. And, you know, part of the reason I use the blockchain so much is because I frankly, you know, don't want to be in a situation where uh, anything is, you know, behold, I'm beholden to anything or anything is dependent upon me, right? Ultimately, what I would, what I'd prefer is that everything is completely automated and it, it's not even the website, right? You can go to the contract and do it. Uh, if you're a nerd, you can build a new interface like Legends Steph's did the dashboard, right? We have this, we have this, a community member built a dashboard for our entire ecosystem, which is just, it's unparalleled. I've never seen anything like it. I know fans that you've taken a look at it. Why are they able to do that? They're able to do that because everything's on the blockchain and they can just retrieve all that information right off the blockchain. And they don't have to think about me or we don't have to set up servers. We don't have to think about all that stuff. And so I started thinking about what, what does it actually mean to, to take a look at, so let's talk about board apes for a second. I like the board apes. I have no beef with them. They're really cool. I think that they, you know, set the stage for what we are now living in as far as, you know, a, an NFT world. I think that, you know, you, you look back and you look at, you know, you look at cyber Kongs and you look at crypto punks and you look at board apes and you say, okay, those guys are great. And they set the stage. But the problem is that they're, you know, they're, they're, the NFTs that they created are very static and very stale, even though they're great, right? They just, they didn't evolve with the times. You go look at a board ape right now and you're like, wow, I can see the mistakes in the generative art, you know, that created this particular board ape, or I can, you know, this thing looks kind of dated, frankly, you know, it's like lower resolution and, you know, it's not quite the right size to fit into, you know, the open C frame or the, what, what we consider now the NFT, you know, frame. And so you start thinking about it, you think, well, how can I fix that? How can I solve that? And to me, the obvious solution was just have the NFTs evolve. Have someone do something that 
creates an environment or an event where the NFTs themselves evolve over time. So they go from like typical tigers are a great example. The, the typical tiger art is it's dated, right? I mean, it just is like, it's, it's low resolution. If you blow it up to a picture of, you know, anything above, you know, an eight by 10 frame, if you blow it up, it's very pixelated. It looks, you know, very soft. It looks like an old, you know, photo that somebody took that, you know, on a, on an old digital camera. And so how do we, how do we ensure that liquid legends, that liquid invaders, that Azuki apes, the typical tigers, how do we ensure that those collections don't end up going the way of the dinosaur and, and, and becoming stale over time, right? How do we evolve with the evolving, ever-changing space? And so to me, the, the obvious solution to that was, well, instead of having an artist build it, why don't we just do a generative collection that's generated based on an AI and you know, like everyone else, like, like Ken with AI apes, which we love, of course, AI apes, um, like all, you know, like all of the early folks who worked on this, we, you know, we started out with PQ GAN and then we went to this and we went to that and we, you know, we ended up settling on, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a custom piece of software and, and fans you know why it has to be a custom piece of software. Cause to do this in an automated way with all of these open tools is impossible you know originally we thought okay we'll just hire a bunch of people to go in and do prompts and you know they'll they'll do prompts and we'll just create a collection so we won't have an artist but we'll have like a team of librarians right we'll have a team of artists who can just actually build it but then when we tried to do that the people we were you know were were hiring or with people we're going to hire to test to do that they, they just kept making these humans are fallible right so they kept making these mistakes where the images that came out were just there's something wrong with them. They were like this uncanny valley, right? Where you just didn't really want to look at it. It didn't really look like the original. It just kind of annoyed the shit out of me. And I therefore decided it would annoy the shit out of the community. And so what we did is we built a system. It took us months to build a system, but we built a system that takes the original artwork and it preserves, we, we like to say it preserves the DNA or the essence of the original art while transforming it completely into a new thing. And so that's part of the game, right? You go in, you start a mythic journey, and then over some period of time, based on all the stuff you've experienced, based on the world you're on, uh, you know, there are different worlds, right? So based on the world you're on, the experiences you have, and the character you start out with, that character will evolve automatically, dynamically, using uh, a type of AI now called stable diffusion, which is what Dream and Midjourney and all those guys use. Uh, uses a type of uh, AI called stable diffusion to create something new, but the new thing is a is like higher resolution than the old thing, but also preserves the essence of the old thing in a way where if you look at the two images, you go, you know what? I could totally see how we got from A to B, and I can totally see how this world looks in you know like this world. Tareen Goo, for example, looks cartoonish, and Hammer Planetoid looks realistic, and Cipher Collective looks like I don't even know what, like a Blade Runner almost, you know. You could see how it got from A to B, and you could see that I encountered these events along the way. I had these experiences, and those experiences changed and transformed my NFT into this thing. And so you're actually part of it, right? You are like invested in this change, this this change that's happening with your NFT, this NFT that's evolving. So it's not stale. It's completely dynamic. It's completely automated. Well, I, and I, you know, I think that is like a, the bigger conversation here, right? Because it's not AI art for AI's sake. It's not just using AI for AI's sake, right? Not only because AI uh, is expensive to, to use and operate and maintain, but I, I love that it, it is, you know, it, it's dynamically evolving um, with the, the PFP projects that, that are, you know, people are holding. And, 
you know, for all those that are listening, think about you know, when when I look at you know you know when we think about community, right? When when people talk about community, I think they often overlook some of the nuances that re- that re- community is required, right? So for a community to flourish, you know, there has to be this this idea of connecting great people with great people, right? Connecting amongst each other. There also has to be this idea of feeling a part of something, right? Feeling like, hey, this this is something that I am, you know, not only uh, do I own an NFT, but I'm I'm part of something bigger, right? And I think the that's a struggle for a lot of NFT projects because let's face it, the day after art reveal happens in most uh, you know PFP projects, it's it's a very um, let's just say um, downhill do- dopamine rush from there because. There's very many, there's very little things to get excited about or um, to come back for. And yes, there can be airdrops. Yes, there can be, um, you know, let's say phase two, phase three, phase four. But what I love about what, you know, what Ape Liquid has been building and what you've kind of been shepherding through this whole space is that there are so many different touch points for people to be involved in. And I, and I also just want to caveat to that is there also with all of those touch points becomes a, a, a bigger problem, right? And I want to, you know, as much as, you know, like I'm, uh, you know, excited to have, you know, you back on the show and, and as much as I'm a, a big Ape Liquid fan and a holder, they're also with these additional complexities becomes a lot of people might feel overwhelmed from the outside, right? You and I have actually jumped on a phone call and was like, okay, what can we think about as far as like marketing or branding and getting people in? Because, you know, for those of us that have been in since day one, I will just tell you for everyone that's listening, I've been airdropped pretty much like 15x the price that I bought those original uh, in my original uh, you know key with right. Not only airdropped it because of, I've been in the game, but airdropped it you know through different points of this ecosystem. But the other thing that I've really loved about this community is there are a lot of very passionate holders that are willing to do giveaways and donate their own NFTs so that that people can be onboarded. So like a shout out to to, uh, to Rusty Dusty, uh, right, you know, uh, as well as you know, many of those in this community that you know, Willers and 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 Scott Calvin, and there's a lot of really amazing community members. Just the mess, even though it pains me to give her a shout out, but uh, I love what she's doing in in the space. And so the the thing I wanted to kind of throw back your way, Alif, is I know that you've been building and you've been proving in execution, right? And you know, most NFT projects like to build hype. And then they like to attempt to execute, right? And you've kind of taken the other approach where um, I'm not even sure if you were on any other podcast last year uh, besides myself, my, my own, and, and maybe one uh, one or two others. But you've been really, you know, you and the team have really been executing, putting things out there, putting on the blockchain, preparing for what could be more people. While at the same time, with all of these different parts, it can be a little bit overwhelming for people. So talk to me a little bit about like, not only your approach, but one of those things that you're like, I mean, cause you're like me, like I, I love shiny objects. I love new things. Like if someone throws something at me, I want to go do it. I want to go build it. And that can often be exciting for those on the inside, but for those on the outside, it might feel like, well, since I wasn't there at the start, I, I feel like I missed out. So how are you kind of looking at that in 2023 on, on making it maybe easier to onboard and kind of, you know, kind of hopefully bridge that gap for those that want an executable NFT project but are struggling to find like what is the, what do they need to get in and, and play you know in the different components. So we try to have different price points at different levels. That's one of the reasons we have all of these different components from journey packs to artifacts to typical tigers to liquid legends. 
you know, memberships, which are actually kind of expensive keys, which are, you know, depending on how you look at it, keys can be expensive. So we have, we try to have all these different pieces so that you can come in and you could say, you know what, I want to fully participate in this thing. I want to go all the way, you know, in, I want to participate in the game. I want to unlock, I want to do a journey. I want to, I want to, you know, do the forge. I want to stake, you know, and earn, I want to do all of this stuff. Um, but you know, the thing to take a step back, I mean, we, you know, it's not like, I mean, we, we set out to, to basically do a lot of what we're already doing. We knew there would be a game component. We've been saying metals, a currency of our ecosystem since it launched, you know, we've had all these ideas, but we, you know, like I said, we always thought it would be, you know, rather than building it, we thought we would partner with a lot of people. And so we ended up, that ended up not happening. So, you know, when you say, how do I not get distracted by a lot of the shiny objects? I mean, to be honest with you, I'm just fucking busy. Like it's hard to get distracted by a lot of shiny objects. I'm not really minting anything. I'm not really doing much of anything else. Um, I just minted something while we were talking because of, you know, you know, somebody on the team, um, said to me, Hey, you should, this is, this might be a good flip. And so I, I minted that, but I, did I do any research? Absolutely not. Right. Because I don't have time. I don't have time to chase some shiny object. I can, I can barely keep up, you know, we're a small team. We don't have venture capital. You know, I can barely keep up with what we're doing because when you think about, and and I'm going to answer your question at the end of this, when you think about what we are, you know, we're a massive ecosystem, like fucking massive, right? We've got membership cards. We've got keys. We've got arguably the best community in all of Web3. We've got one of the most active discords. We've got an on-chain turn-based game that gives rewards. We've got drops out the ass. We've got all of these different pieces, you know, an evolving PFB collection. We've got dynamic traits. We've got dynamic traits since before people called them dynamic traits, right? And we've got an in-game token that also just happens to be a valid ERC-20 token that you can swap for ETH, right? So it's like four major NFT PFB collections, you know, 35,000 total NFTs, like a, a floor price that, as you said, you've been dropped 15x what you came in at. You know, if you came in and you minted a raffle ticket for 0.042, you, there's no way you're not like, holy shit, that was the best deal I ever had in Web3, you know. I mean, it's just the amount of value that we've dropped is, you know, is, inc- is, is incredible, right? Steady floor price, even in a down market. Project is growing. We're innovating through it. You know, we're rewarding holders. You know, half of the NFTs were free airdrops. You know, we're constantly delivering all of those different things. So if you, if you say like, how do I get into Ape Liquid? Well, so the first thing I would suggest would be, you know, to just check out the Twitter and see kind of the you know, the total craziness that we're doing. But then the next thing I would suggest would be maybe joining the discord because we have a massively engaged, super friendly community. That's a hundred percent there to help you figure out where to start. And if I were coming in late, I would say it's not really late, right? I think it's super early, but if I were coming in now, as opposed to a few months ago, I would say like, okay, how do I just start building pieces that I think I can either flip or hold or use to participate in the game. And I would start with maybe an artifact and I would start, you know, make it, make a weath offer an artifact, or I would start with a typical tiger, or I would start with, you know, some, one of the lower cost entry points. Um, because one of the things we've demonstrated is that our stuff goes up, right? It just does. Like if you just hold it for a little while, it seems to just go up. And so I would hold it for a little while. I'd, you know, I'd recognize the value of that I'd maybe get in, you know, to what I could. And, you know, just holding is fine. We have, we have investors that, um, bought an Azuki ape at, 
you know, 0.06. Like I'm one of them. I think, I don't know if I told you this Fanzo, but my average entry point on Azuki apes is like 0.06. Right. And that's, that's incredible. You know, my average entry on liquid legends is like 0.05, you know, like say we eat our own dog food, we buy our own stuff. So caveman math still works buy and hold. You don't have to get weird and get into the game and all that. But if you, I'm telling you, if you get into our ecosystem and you join our discord and you meet the community, you're just going to get excited about what we're doing. And you're going to say like, what pieces do I need to take this journey and to go to the next level? And even then you take the journey and you set it yourself, Fanzo, you could use a key, use a character, burn an artifact, and then just walk away. Right. And then in the background, in a completely automated way that you have nothing to do with, you don't even have to deal with it. You're going to get dropped something. You're going to get some value for just having been there. And that's historically been true. And that'll continue to be true. You know, and, and I mean, and that's, you know, I mean, the proof is in the, you know, the blockchain, right? I think the, the beauty of this is that, you know, you know, I, I would say a year ago, I was very cautious of ever coming across this kind of um, pumping bags. And I think a lot of that was because not only do, is, you know, predicting the future on projects has been really hard. But there really wasn't a lot of history, a lot of uh, examples to, for us to, to lean on, right? And um, and people can look at my wallet. You can look directly at my wallet here. Um, you know, and, and I actually even pinned up, right? The on April thirteenth, I, I minted uh, one for one of the NFTs for our Mint three sixty five collection. Uh, one of the NFTs for my own. I actually hold both of them still uh, to this day in my wallet. But funny enough, the 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 six NFTs that are are, are, you know, I have three that are in journeys. I have three that are in the forge. Those were all ones that were actually airdropped or claimed uh, because I had bought those two that are up above. Of course, I, you know, I have a membership pass and, a, a, and, and multiple keys. But the, the other funny thing about this is that, you know, you know we had Ben on, who is the, the founder CEO of, of Killer Bears. Uh, and he was on last episode of the podcast. And when he was talking to me, he's like, hey, Brian, you know, we minted back on April and it, and it ended up being a free mint and things didn't take off. Um, and they've had you know, a lot of you know, re, uh, success since. They just dropped an open edition uh, as well. And so I went back and found out that they actually dropped on April 13th. Uh, and so how funny is it that you know, the, the, the last episode's guest as well as this one are two projects that both technically dropped their PFPs on April 13th. And one could argue they are two of the most thriving projects as far as you know, community, floor price, energy, um, you know, unique innovation, you know, on, on different things that the, the killer bears are doing as well. And so I, I did find that really, um, really fun and kind of like the irony and the fact that both projects were kind of dropping PFPs into the space um, back then, but they're, both projects are also innovating. And that was always something that, you know, at the end of the episode that you and I did back in April, Aleph, one of the things that I actually posed to you was, you know, I was struggling to see projects rewarded for being innovative, right? If you were, if you had 3D art that was quote unquote called innovative back in 2021, but let's face it, that was not just uh, innovative, but um, the idea of innovating with, you know, the staking mechanisms and, and even being able to adapt. And so the, before we kind of wrap on this, I know it's like, we've kind of gone a little over an hour, but I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, you've been really, you know, aware of, not only the supply and demand, but also kind of protecting the floor in the sense of people are being rewarded things, but not everything is being dropped on people right away. And a lot of the, that care, right? A lot of those things where there's, there's method to the madness, right? There's a, you know, there's a, 
there's a reason certain things are happening in this ecosystem. It's because that that it is that fundamental mission of making apes liquid. And I think a lot of other projects neglect that and forget that you can still reward, incentivize, listen to your community, but you have like kind of a, a duty to also try to try your best to take you know precautions and present things in a way that benefit everyone, not just dropping you know collection number two, collection number three, connection number four um, on top of people. And so I, I'm curious, just your take on um, you know, and this may be even a little bit outside of Ape Liquid, but you know the the innovation side. Like I I believe we're going to start to see innovation rewarded. Uh, at a higher level, but to innovate in this space, you really have to adapt. And you've adapted your staking mechanism. Uh, you've adapted even the you know the contract that the journey was on. Um, and I know you know you gave a shout out to some of the community members that have built the dashboard. And shout out to Steph for that. And I, I was the one opening tickets. Uh, you know, not figuring out to look at the dashboard yesterday, which uh, was my own uh, individual fault. But what are your thoughts, Aleph, on you know the the idea of innovation? and rolling with the punches as we evolve into 2023 in the NFT space. Yeah, I think, you know, you've touched on something that's, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword for us. And so, you know, the first thing is, uh, you know, we have right now, we have about a hundred liquid keys that were acquired on journeys uh, for free. And by, and by the way, I just want to, I want to take a step back on that. You know, if, if you held an ape liquid membership, you did get, a liquid key dropped to you for free. The current, uh, you know, and we, we pay gas to do that. Of course, the current floor price of a liquid key is about 0.12, which isn't too bad for a free airdrop. Um, and you know, we're, we're also in a weird NFT market where, you know, Macy and everyone else is, is down 58, 60%, whatever. Um, and so, you know, our plan was to, like I said, just kind of innovate through that. But, uh, so, so when you ask like, you know, what do I think? Well, we have this double-edged sword where, you know, as, as much as I would love to just drop stuff like crazy, we do have a lot of math and a lot of metrics and a lot of scar tissue, you know, uh, a heuristic is what we would call it in the AI space. We have a heuristic around, you know, what happens when we drop something for free. And what we found is that if we drop for, for every, depending on the collection, about every 15 items that we drop for free, uh, someone will floor one of them. And when someone floors something, uh, you know, bots, you know, this and, and others go and they try and undercut that a little bit because they see that as a sell signal, even though it's not, it's just, that's the way these automated, you know, bots and things work. And so we know for every 15 of something that we drop, we know that it will cause the floor to go down. We'll have about a 10 to 20% pullback every single time we do a drop of, you know, let's say 25 or more of anything. We just have it. We have a drop in that. And so we've been, it's been a delicate balance between, uh, you know, listening to the community scream, where's my free shit and not giving it to them all at once, like an all you can eat buffet, knowing that if we did, uh, you know, the project would massively suffer. And so when you talk about, you know, one of the things I've been accused of being is a cutthroat business person. That's okay. I'll wear that. Um, it, it, I am. And, but I'm, but I'm not a cutthroat business person in, in kind of a weird, you know, narcissistic me, 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 me way. I'm a cutthroat business person in a web we way, which is, um, you know, I want to make sure that every single thing that we do, every single decision that we make, every single move that we make, you know, takes into consideration our, our mission, which is to make apes liquid, uh, even if they don't want to be liquid, <laughs> 
right? Which is sometimes the case. Sometimes uh, people, they don't actually, you know, Steve Jobs has this famous quote about when he was releasing the Bondi Blue iMac and all the iMacs, he said, you know, if you if you went out and you ask everyone what they wanted, they would have said a faster beige computer, right? They wouldn't have said, oh, I want something that comes in these beautiful colors that's like an object of art. They w- but it turns out that's what they wanted, right? And so um, it's an interesting position that we're in where it's not as much about innovation, although I think the innovation that we have at Ape Liquid is, you know, given the t- size of our team, the lack of venture funding and the lack of, you know, us dropping massive money on memes and, and influencers. I think the innovation that we have uh, is, you know, kind of unprecedented, like based on our size and shape. It's not just about innovating. It's about really digging into, even though if you did a poll, no one would say this is what they want, right? They would say, oh, I want more free stuff. I want more mint experience. I want the, more of this. I want that. But it's about digging into what they, what they actually deep down not knowing the full measure of the landscape, not knowing all the model and metrics, what they actually not only want, but also need in order to be part of a successful project. And I think a lot of people miss that. You, you can't just build, right? You have to build with a mission. You have to build with a, the idea that the only value that you have as a project is the value that you provide to your community. And so if you're not providing to your community, um, you know, anyone can drop anything, right? Like people do it all the time, but it, what's the purpose of that drop? Is it to build the community and make, make apes liquid or is it to line your own pockets or is it to just deliver on some bullshit roadmap item that you said you had to do? Right. And, and I'm going to, so Azuki Ape social club is one of my favorite projects of all time. Um, and I'm going to, I, every, for everyone in the community, you already know the story, so I'll make it brief, but Azuki Ape social club promised a gen two, they promised a gen two, right? They said, we're going to do a gen two. It's part of our roadmap. And everyone goes like, yay, gen two. Had they delivered a gen two, uh, you know, a second generation, had they minted a second generation, had they delivered their, you know, evolved Azuki apes. Um, I hope the fact that you can't see me doesn't prevent you from seeing the air quotes when I say evolved. So had they done that, Azuki ape social club, I believe in my heart of hearts, from my balls to my bones, man, I believe Azuki Apes would be a 0.01 floor or lower because that was 100% the thing that everyone was screaming they wanted and 100% the worst fucking disaster mistake they could have made, right? And so luckily, I am in the most fortunate position of being able to work alongside the Azuki Apes Social Club you know, at that time and to have a conversation with them. One of the hardest conversations in the world, which is like, you're going to have to piss off like more than half your community and say no to this. And they were smart enough, savvy enough and open-minded enough to say, you know what? We're not going to do it. And I think that's a big, massive, uh, like, you know, it, it, it's hard to describe how much that decision, that single decision made a difference in that project, that single hard decision. And so we're faced with those kind of hard decisions all the time. And you just have to ask yourself, you know, am I trying to be popular or am I trying to do the thing that we set out to do, our raison d'etre, which is to make apes liquid, to put the community first, you know, and that's, you know, so more than innovation, I think that's the answer. I love, I mean, I immediately went to, you know, to my poker world, right? Because in poker, some of the best things that you can do at a poker table 
are the hands you don't play, are the times that you fold without realizing that you were going to put yourself in a situation that was going to cost you your bag. And, and I think too often in the NFT space, there's kind of like a false belief of like, hey, if I, if I said I'm going to do this, and even though it's going to wreck everyone, it's better for me to, to follow through. And this actually ties perfectly into the last part of the conversation <laughs> that I wanted to bring this to because I've been on a soapbox, you know, some would say recently, but for most of my career, I've been on a soapbox on the sense of I'm a really big believer in content creation and I'm a really big believer in participatory content, right? Where the idea where people can participate in the content you're creating. And actually, prior to the last episode that I had you on, um, CK, uh, who is you know now on the team and uh, you know a vital member of, of the team, you know he was running a, a Twitter space that you were you know actively involved in, and and I remember as someone that also runs weekly Twitter spaces that I would you know drop into his spaces and see what he was going on. But I'm gonna throw this out there, and, and this is just you know I, there's a lot of people that listen to this show that I know are up and coming founders, or even a couple people that I know recently that reached out that they're gonna they're buying back an old project that that kind of rubbed. Um, and they, a lot of people are thinking like, well, how can I get to this point? And I'm going to put it out there and say that I know for me individually, and I know for many, that there was a time, and, and it was many, many months, almost a full year, where Ape Liquid was doing a Twitter space Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. come hell or high water. And that ability to have access to what the team was thinking, the ability to come in and ask questions. You know, there was different topics on different days. And, and even now, right, there are regular uh, Twitter spaces throughout the week, not every single day, because I think we all realize that if we do this every day, we're going to just going to, we're going to go crazy and be broke and, and probably be divorced and alone uh, because that's just craziness that many of us had to learn the hard way. But I'm going to put this out there that, you know, th it's great to innovate. It's great to adapt. But I believe one of the core principles that makes me so bullish on Ape Liquid is that there is no question that the community is active in the Discord. They are active on Twitter spaces. They are active in the community members, empowering them to build tools and even build like, you know, the Journey News, which is a news update um, that is being posted into the, uh, the Discord on a regular basis. And so, you know, Aleph, I have to say, I, I, I tagged on CK to pull him up. Uh, for him to jump in, but he said, I think he said a donkey was playing with his microphone or, or something was wrong with his audio. So uh, CK couldn't come up uh, to throw in his piece. But I, I, I love to end on the fact on like, how much of, of like the current success and how much are you excited about where this is going has to do a lot with the, the just your commitment to open communication and that commitment to, you know, you've, you've taken FUD, you've taken people that want to come in and ask the hard questions. And from my opinion, you've not only done that with, with, with grace and your own, you know, you've stayed true to your, your own style. And I'll often message you whenever you're on other Twitter spaces and like, holy shit, you said you're going to keep it real. And you are probably one of the most realist people in this space is that you will not, you know, brown nose because there's certain people with certain PFPs on, on stages. And I freaking appreciate that more so than I, I can ever put out there. But I think there are so many projects that could have the relationship that you have with their community if they would just freaking over communicate and truly care about their community. Give me your little kind of take on that, and then I'll, I'll let you go. And I'll send you on your way, and, and we'll hopefully inspire some people to check out uh, Ape Liquid and all the, the fun things you guys have going on. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I could just double down on it and say, you know, is it, is it web me or is it web? We, right. Are you, are you singularly blindly, you know, compulsively fixated on making sure that everyone around you succeeds? Uh, you know, I, I'm not interested, you know, I've made money in my life. I've lost money. I'm, I'm, I'm a weird dude, but one of the things I really truly believe is that the family that you have around you is the family that you build, the family that you, uh, you know, cultivate. And it's super important for me. I, I never understood, you know, being alone on a yacht with a private island does not interest me. Having a having a yacht party where all of the people I care about are there is super interesting to me. It is it is the vision, the dream, the you know, if I if I did a vision board, that would be where I would be in a year, right? I would be in a place where every single person who's participated in this crazy experiment that we're doing, this this wild journey that we're taking, every single person was so successful that we could all share in the fruit of our labor and our shared communal experience, our shared belief that what we are doing matters. You know, it, it, it matters on a lot of different levels. It's more than just an NFT. And so I would say to people who aren't doing that, you know, you're, you're being kind of a selfish prick. Like maybe, maybe take an opportunity to say like, did I need to, take every single amount of ETH and, you know, to myself that I need to, you know, did I need to do a mint just for more money? Cause I ran out of the first, you know, batch of it, or, you know, are you building something much, much, much bigger than you? And, you know, part of my blockchain, this is just a personal thing, but part of my blockchain, like the fact that I'm so bullish on and such a maxi on the blockchain is I believe ape liquid is bigger than me. I believe, you know, I, I think a project should be rug proof. That's just me. I think it should be rug proof. And how do you build a rug proof project? Well, you put it on the blockchain because then it doesn't matter what you fucking do. You can't change it, right? People can still go to the blockchain. The project will still survive. There's nothing you can do to jack with it, right? It's just there and immutable and forever and public. And, you know, people can build a dashboard whether you like it or not. Just so happens that we like it. But even if I didn't, they could still do it. And that's about setting your own ego and it aside and, and saying what is in the best, what serves the best interest of this, you know, crazy, you know, we've been accused of being a cult and that's okay. You can, you can accuse us of being a cult all you want. I don't really care. Um, maybe we are, maybe we're not. What does it matter? Right? I mean, not all cults are bad, <laughs> um, but we do believe all of us in this idea that part of what we're doing isn't just an NFT project. Part of what we're doing is we're creating an experience that, you know, has a common goal and a, you know, a, a shared vision for the future, a plan for all of us individually and together to succeed in ways that I think a lot of other projects haven't even thought about. So yeah, you're playing a game and you're having fun. Of course, of course, but you're also part of something way bigger and, you know, as we grow, I think more and more people are going to, we're going to get more FUD because people are going to be like, wow, this guy's like off his meds. He's talking about family and community and building a shared experience together. And, you know, that sounds weird. 
And then other people are going to say, wow, that's exactly what I wish Web 3 were when I was being airdropped, you know, fucking carrots or whatever the hell I was being dropped. I wish they had been thinking instead about what is the, you know, what is it I can do to best serve the community, which got me here. So that was a stupid example, but well, you know. I mean, the carrots hit home for us, but because we both have a shared in a, another project that will not be named uh, here on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. And it's funny when you mentioned the cult thing, right? I'm a, I'm a, a whore for documentaries. I, I like obsess about uh, not only cult documentaries, but I, like, just the idea of the human condition. Right. And I think, one of the things that, you know, when people throw around, you know, the word cult or call something cultish, right, part of that is like the misunderstanding of like the idea that people can come and go as they please and that they have individual ownership, right? The fact that this is all on the blockchain allows to have many of the benefits and the things that people look to cults for without having the downside and the trauma and the things that are often uh, attached to cults, which I think, you know, when you think about strong community right it's the fact that when you jump in the discord you have amazing people welcoming you you have people wanting to help onboard you gift you um nfts i know a couple people in our community uh wonder wandy uh who is a a a very uh passionate listener of the podcast um i know she she jumped into a twitter space bill lyon and and rusty dusty gave her uh, a typical tiger i now believe she's kind of doubled down and tripled down into the ecosystem because of how she was welcomed in, right? And I think that is such a, a, a beautiful component of this. And, and so I'll, I'll kind of, you know, kind of wrap on this episode. And I think, you know, Aleph, I, I love to get you to kind of, uh, you know, give us anything that people are looking towards, but I will tell you just even while we're recording this for context, you know, there's been airdropped, you know, those people that are playing the, the game within the, you know, the, uh, the, this ecosystem, you know, you've been awarded certain things and a couple of them happen to be keys and, and loot chests and armor and pets. And just while we've been in here, I opened up the discord and there's just a, a barrage of keys being airdropped uh, to a bunch of people. And, and I would say like that doesn't happen in every project. And I can say that because I hold a shit ton of projects for all the ones that we bought every single day for a year. Not only, you know, the easily well over 500 individual projects in my, you know, my personal wallet that I bought with my, my own money. And, and the idea that there's active participation, passive participation, but then also this continual kind of growing and learning and earning, I just think is extremely unique and powerful. And, and I love that you brought up that idea of not only, you know, web we, but you've always kind of used the hashtag we ride, right? And that, you know, together, we're, we're going to ride this thing. We're going to ride it up. We're going we're gonna to ride it down. We're going to ride it through the FUD. Uh, we'll ride it, you know, maybe around bots like Jess. Uh, who is, you know, I, I'm not sure how much you paid for Jess, the, the Jess bot in your Discord, but I do believe that the Jess, the mess bot, uh, which is also happens to be in the AI Apes Discord as well. Um, she's worth uh, all, of, all of those monies. And, uh, and I'll say like, you know, for anyone that's listening here, when you think about, when you, when you look at a project from the outside in, rather than saying, woe is me, or must be nice, they got in early, or that sucks that I'm not a part of that. Put yourself on the flip side of it and say, wow, that must be really amazing to have found your people and found a project that gives you what you are looking for out of this space. And then even if it's not this project that you're going to lean into and there's another project, I can promise you if we stop with this ridiculous must be nice mindset and start thinking, wow, the reason it's nice is because I would love to participate 
and join with what they're doing and recognize in Web3, the entry points are there. There is an active marketplace. There is no excuses. Yes, there might be a financial piece, but I can pretty much guarantee you if you are active in the Discord, you are participating in, in the game nights and jumping into the Twitter spaces, you will either earn or be gifted something along the way that will get your feet wet and then you can kind of come in and play the game. And the last part of that is there's plenty of crap in your bag right now. If you're listening to this this podcast this far through, that you can pretty much dump on the floor to build yourself enough ETH to jump into projects that I believe are going to be way more valuable for you uh, long term. So, uh, Aleph, anything you want to send people on their way with? Anything to look forward to? Anything to kind of wrap a bow on this episode? And, I, you know, I appreciate you coming back on with me. Yeah, no, I, I think that, you know, the project is steady and growing. We're a large ecosystem, super friendly community. You know, we've got a lot going for us. Floors rising steadily if you get in now, you know, historically, that right? They always say past performance is not an indication of future performance. They say that in the finance industry. But I've found past performance, you know, in Web3 is like the leading indication of future performance. And so if you look at that, you can say, well, if I get in now, you know, six months from now, it'll be more and bigger and that sort of thing. Um, the thing that I'm excited about, the thing that I, and, and you know, maybe in, in a year or whatever, nine months, whatever, we'll do a follow-up show. But the thing I'm most excited about is we at Ape Liquid are at the curve of the hockey stick of growth. I'm watching it in real time as we start to see, um, you know, major influencers retweeting us. We're starting to get new eyes. We're getting new wallets in the project. And even though um, we've seen a little bit of a pullback in our floor price, part of that pullback is a result of us just adding, you know, 10,000 NFTs to our ecosystem. Of course, we're going to see a slight pullback across some of the collections. But when those, uh, you know, when the dust settles on those, right, it's, you know, it's going to be the opposite, right? It's going to be Katie bar the doors, gangbuster, let's fucking go. And so I'm excited about that. But more than that, more than all of that, more than everything else, you know, about the project, um, you know, beyond the community, beyond all of that, the thing I'm most excited about is we are on the precipice of having all of the pieces in place, you know, over the next couple of weeks, you know, having all of the pieces in place so that when we go into next month, you will have, not just a journey you can take that is, you know, has a lot of random components, but you'll have a journey that you can take that has a strategy component where you can equip yourself with armor, you can equip yourself with a weapon, you can equip yourself with an enhancement. And when you encounter events in the journey, the strategy that you employed at the beginning of the armor, the weapon, the enhancement, the character, the world you're on, all of those things will come together and people will start to see holy shit, this is fully realized. This is what I've been wanting. This is what I've been looking for. You know, I can put the pieces together in the beginning, create this, you know, award-winning or winning strategy. You know, it's award-winning because you get free drops out the ass and rewards. But the strategy in the beginning that I created, that I created, that built my character the way I wanted to build it, that evolved the way I wanted it to evolve. And that's on me. And I control my own destiny. I own my experience. And it evolves with me over time. And that being, knowing that that's the next step drives me, you know, more than anything else, knowing that we are right on the cusp of this fully realized, truly unique blockchain game with all of these valuable pieces that everyone can participate in, no matter what level you're at. I'm just excited about it. And I, I, you know, I can't wait to look back on this and, 
I, I'm, I'm going to laugh at some point in the future when, you know, we're talking about a 0.1 ETH floor, right? Because it's going to be like, it's going to be the same as talking about a 0.01 ETH floor, right? We're going to be like, well, the floor is one ETH now. And <laughs> I thought 0.1 uh, was a, was a heavy entry point, but I, I guess I was wrong. I guess that, you know, that was a, that was an opportunity, not a, uh, not a, not a floor price I should have ignored. Well, I mean, I, I, I will gladly be right there with you and laughing at that. And, and, you know, and, you know, and I'll just say for context too, for those listening on the podcast, which I know is our majority of our listeners and, and a big shout out to our podcast community. Um, you guys have been amazing. You know, not only has our increased, our downloads been increasing kind of like they were uh, a year ago at this point, uh, but I'm seeing a lot of shares out on social and, you know, even this Twitter space, we're recording it live on Twitter space with, uh, with Alip and, you know, there's been over a hundred people in here listening for the 90 minutes that we've been recording this. And, you know, that's just another example of, you know, it's not just GMs, GMs, uh, it's not just rating, but it's actually people showing up, putting in the time, putting in the, the, their, you know, their own blood, sweat, um, and even their own, you know, their own journeys and their own experiences. And, you know, I have the discord up as well, just being able to, to watch all the things that are, are happening there, which is, uh, exciting. And so for, you know, for everyone listening, you know, as always, I preach, do your own damn research, uh, take your own damn responsibility for your own damn decisions. Uh, and there's a lot of dams in that. But I think as uh, adults, which we are all, are all, we have to recognize that, you know, we are going to choose how to spend our ETH. We're going to choose how to spend our time. We're going to choose who do we want to spend our time with or the projects or the people that we want to align with. And there's no better time than now to move things out of your wallets, to change your, you know, shift your priorities, redefine what your success is in this space and find a project that makes you feel like your home. Find a project that gives you the ROI, whatever that may be. It might be return on floor price. It might be return on community. It might be return on passive you know, income building. It might be return on being able to play a game along with a whole bunch of other people. I mean, two Saturday nights ago, I was home alone. I didn't have my daughters. And Bill Line and a couple others, Esteban, shout out to Esteban, he's a rock star in the community. They jumped on a Saturday night and we were all just burning different NFTs to activate our game. And I believe there was over a hundred activations uh, that that kind of kicked off that night. And I, I got off there feeling like, man, that was a fun Saturday night for what it was worth. I was sitting in a Twitter space playing a game with others that share my own purpose and my own passion. And I, I do believe that's what this is all about. And so uh, Alif, thanks so much for, for joining us. Thank you for the, you know, the community for showing up. Uh, we're going to have to get, you know, CK and the queen, uh, on, on that future episode that we do. And, and we'll be able to look back on this like we did, uh, way back on that April 12th. But, uh, for everybody listening, thanks for, uh, listening to this episode as always. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, I'd love for you to leave a review and smash that follow subscribe button. Uh, we're on 80 plus, uh, podcasting apps. So you pick the app or the social network that is your favorite and give us a follow. We appreciate you. And uh, until tomorrow, make it a great day, everybody. Cheers. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review, like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always, this show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.